Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. I am thirsty. I'm hungry. Have you ever heard anyone say that before? Well, I am saying it right now. I am thirsty and I am hungry. But what I am not talking about is food and drink. I just had some good food, and so I'm satisfied on that end. What I am talking about when I say I am thirsty and hungry is that there is a deep longing in my soul. There is a deep need in my soul. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 11 and 13 have something to say about that. The uh, uh, wisest man that ever lived and the richest man that ever lived, King Solomon, wrote this. And here's what he said. He, and he's speaking about God, he has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their heart, yet so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. Moreover, that every man who eats and drinks sees good in all his, of his labor. It is a gift of God. You see, God has set eternity in our hearts. There is a God-sized hole in our heart. And in our lifetime, God gives us a gift, and that's the gift of, of work, of labor, and the satisfaction that comes with it. Yet, it is not enough. It's not enough. There is still that deep longing. There's still that deep need in our heart, that God-sized hole in our heart. And may I say that it is common to all humans, A-L-L, all humans are hungry and thirsty, whether they admit it or not. Deep down in, there is a longing, there is a desire in their heart. Let me give you some scriptures here, and I want you to follow with me as, as I go through these scriptures. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 2, uh, it says this, Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, God says, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. God says, uh, listen to me. That's, that's where the action is. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, here's what God said to His people. He said, Be appalled, O heavens, at this, and, sh and shudder. Be very desolate, declares the Lord. Something's coming here. Listen up. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns or containers, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Broken cisterns. In other words, they're thirsty. They keep filling it up. It keeps going out. It leaks out. It leaks out. It leaks out. There's no satisfaction. There's no satisfaction to be found. Again, back in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, Verses um, 10 and 11, all, uh, Solomon said this. He summarized what he had experienced in all of life. He says, all that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. 
I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart was pleased because of all of my labor, and this was my reward for all of my labor. Thus I considered all my activities which my hands had done, and the labor which I had exerted, and behold, all was vanity and striving after the wind, and there was no profit under the sun. Vanity is the word emptiness or futility. And so what um, Solomon was saying there is, is nothing satisfied me in the end. All the pleasures that I could have, all the fame that I had, all the power that I had, all the possessions that I had, all the accomplishments that I was able to do, none of it. It was all like chasing the wind, trying to grab the wind. None of it satisfied ultimately. Uh, one of the great saints of the past, Augustine, said this, Thou madest us for thyself, and our heart is restless until it rests in thee. And that's the truth. There is a deep soul hunger. There's a deep soul thirst that, that can't be satisfied in all these things. You see, pleasures satisfy a while. If we get famous, that, that temporarily satisfies. If we somehow or the other get some kind of power somehow, temporary satisfaction. Possessions, you know, we get them and they satisfy for a little while. And accomplishments... Yes, they bring a sense of satisfying us, but here it is. It comes and it goes. We pour it into broken cisterns, into broken containers, and it leaks out quickly, and we are not satisfied again. We, go, we have to go for something else. And, and that's exactly what we do. Um, I, I uh, was tempted to sing a line out of a, I guess it's a country song, um, and, and it goes something like this, and I'll not sing it because I want you to keep listening. It's looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces. And that's exactly what the world is doing, and every human being that's alive is in that place. That's the bad news, but let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus began with the Beatitudes. There were eight of them, the eight blesseds. Um, and and he, um, uh, in those eight Beatitudes, gave us how to be a part of his kingdom and what being a part of his kingdom was all about. It's amazing the depth of truth that are in these eight Beatitudes. And so this one here is the fourth one. All right. So when we finish this, we're halfway through the Beatitudes. And this fourth one again says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Let's look at some of the words here in this beatitude so that we can understand it and know exactly what Jesus is saying here. The first word is hunger. And I'm just going to kind of put hunger and thirst together because they both mean the same thing. And, and let me just say right at the outset, as I've already been saying, everyone is hungry. Everyone is hungry, but not everyone is hungry uh, or is desiring uh, and that's what we're looking at here. Not everyone is desiring the righteousness of God. This hunger is a hunger. It is a desire for God. A hunger for God. And so, uh, may I say that there are some who are hungry for God and His righteousness, and there are many who are not. They're hungry, all right. 
They have a desire for all the things that I've already been talking about, and they're still chasing the wind, but they may not have, and they don't have a desire for God. This here, this hunger and thirst for righteousness is a desire for God and the things of God. And the next word that we look at is righteousness. What is this? What is righteousness? I think we can summarize it in, in a couple of different ways. We could say that, first of all, righteousness is God's righteousness. In this same Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, we are told to seek first His, God's kingdom, and, and God's righteousness, and then all the things that we need will be added to us. And in that context, there's talking about food and shelter and clothing and all of those things that we constantly are striving for and seek for. And God said, seek first my kingdom and, and seek first my righteousness, God's righteousness. And so when we talk about hunger and thirst after righteousness, it is, it is first and foremost, in the larger sense, God's righteousness. And, and, and God is, is completely and fully righteous. He is righteousness. He is the standard for righteousness. But beyond that, as we drill down here in this sermon, we see that righteousness is an, is an authentic heart righteousness. Now, why do I say that? Well, later in the sermon in Matthew 5.20, he says this. Jesus says, For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, this righteousness that I'm talking about has got to go beyond this outer righteousness of the, of the scribes and the Pharisees. Now, and, and he goes on in verse 21, and, and he says this, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five times. He says, you have heard that the ancients were told you should not commit murder. Uh, and, and, but he says, I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother... So he's talking about, he goes from the outer action to the inner heart. You've heard. Here's a second you've heard. You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone that looks on a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. There it is again, an outward act, adultery, or an inner lust that is allowed to stay there. Jesus is talking about true, authentic heart righteousness. Here's the third one. Again, you have heard that the ancients said you shall not make false vows. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven uh, or by the throne of God or by earth. And so again, here we go. It goes way beyond that outer act. It is an inner heart thing. Here's the fourth one. You've heard that it, uh, that it said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, don't resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If he wants to take your shirt, give him your coat. If he wants to force you to go one mile, go two. Jesus is taking it beyond uh, the fake righteousness of, of the religious establishment. And then the fifth and last one, he says, You've heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. See, Jesus took it way beyond that outer action to an act of the heart. So what is righteousness here that we're seeking? What is righteousness that we're hungering for? It's an authentic heart righteousness. And I would go further to say it is an incarnational, practical righteousness 
that is made possible uh, because of the imputed righteousness, the righteousness that God gives us at salvation. When we turn and we repent and we turn to God, God makes us righteous in His eyes. He gives us, He clothes us in the righteousness of Christ. And because we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ, then it, we can, it is possible that we can seek after this authentic heart, God righteousness that is re- real in our everyday life. There are two other words I want to finish up with in this, in this uh, um, beatitude. And, and the first word is blessed. Blessed. And then, then the last word, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed and satisfied. What is that all about? Well, John chapter 4. I, I love this passage. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will come in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Jesus said that if you drink my water, you will never thirst again. It'll just keep springing and springing and springing. In other words, ultimate satisfaction. When we hunger and thirst after the righteousness of God, we will be filled. We will be satisfied. And we will never be hungry and thirsty again. That deep, deep longing and need in our soul, that God uh, spot in our heart will be full to overflowing because we will get our satisfaction in God. What are you seeking satisfaction in today? Uh, Is there frustration in your heart? Is there a thirst that's not being filled? Turn to Almighty God today. Well, until next time, when we look at the fifth beatitude, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.